0: The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast. To learn more,
1: this podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio
0: Network, turning the volume up on business.
2: Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact through the power of coaching, facilitation, and professional speaking. As we speak, overnight, our world has been transformed due to the global pandemic sweeping the earth. Many leaders have been pushed into working remotely. Some are doing this quite well. Others are finding it difficult to adjust. How can leaders lead remote teams effectively? How can leaders navigate uncertain times, especially by tapping the power of diverse teams? My guest today, Inga Bilinska, is an expert at answering those two questions. Motivational, passionate, dynamic, These are words used by clients to describe Inga's coaching style. Inga works with leaders across the globe who undergo change, both organizational and individual, or those who struggle with managing remote and culturally diverse teams. Here with me today is Inga Belinska. Inga, welcome to the Keep Leading podcast.
1: Hi, Eddie. Thank you for having me here. It's a privilege. I'm a great fan of your podcast as well. So to be here as a guest is a wonderful opportunity to share my message. Well, thank
0: you, Inga. I'm a big fan of your work. I follow you on LinkedIn. I look at your videos that you produce and your other content. Uh, You contribute to the Forbes uh, Coaches Council. So I am a tremendous fan of your work and I'm excited that you're here.
1: Mm, Thank you again. It is mutual feeling, to be honest. (laughs)
0: Inga, tell me, what did I miss about you and your
1: background? Uh, Probably all of the reason why I'm dealing with what I'm dealing, why I work with diversity and inclusion and remote teams in the first place, because this is something I don't put on my website as the information. But generally, I think that I'm interested in that areas because I experienced all of this myself. So um, during my managing career, having being a um, managing partner of, of consultancies companies, being uh, a board member of non-profit organizations, I had the opportunity to work with multicultural and remote teams uh, for, for many, many years. And I noticed that, however, most of people more or less know how to manage teams, yes, if they are into management. It is really hard to to work with remote teams, and it is even harder to appreciate diversity in remote teams. So first, my working experience, and then my own private experience. I um, work and, and live in many different places. I, I used to live in United Kingdom for many years. Now with my whole family, with my husband and my daughter, we, we've been living in California, United States, for the last two years. Originally, I am from Europe, uh, Poland. So this is as well a very interesting place because I, as a kid, I remember, you know, communistic times in, in Poland. And let's say 60% of the leaders I work with, they are they somehow remember as me or they come from post-soviet union countries so this european and asian bloc of post-soviet union countries so these are probably two things which i would like to highlight in my own private and working experience
0: wonderful so you are an experienced management consulting executive who is truly a global executive you are originally from
1: poland you said you've lived in the Mm -hmm. united kingdom and now in the united states which is very different experience, I did to be honest. Yeah, European way of working and, and lifestyle is very different to American, and as well, I'm I really appreciate this time because it opened my eyes to many mm, things I didn't take advantage of while working with people from United States when I was located in Europe only. For example. For example, approach to the thing like what does hard work mean? Yeah. Most of my clients, uh, senior leaders here, work 60, 70, 80 hours a week, which is which I haven't seen before in in Europe to such an extent. So redefining what hard work really means is something which I changed my approach to. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I think it's healthy. It just helped me to understand my clients from United States But uh, Yeah, if they say hard work, I, I now understand what they really mean. By you
0: now words. understand they really mean hard work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what this really means. So it is not so... It, um, taking into con- consideration that a lot of European countries are... Social supportive, you can say that, yeah. It's like a very helping states, but as well the um, time frame connected to work is much different. Yeah, when I have clients from France or from Austria, they they work in a completely different mindset connected with ours, yeah, or, or, or German culture as well. Eight hours at work is eight hours. If you work longer, it means that you're not efficient. And in states, mm, actually, isn't that interesting? It is. It is. So this is one aspect of diversity that the things, the glasses and lenses we use to look at each other and give ourselves labels. Yes. So you can imagine the person from Germany and the person from the United States and they own judgment against. Yeah. What does it really mean to work hard?
0: Yeah. And that would affect attitudes in the workplace. Right. So if I'm working 10 hours and thinking that means I'm working hard, you're working Mm -hmm. eight. You're looking at me saying, oh, you're not working efficiently whereas i can be looking exactly. at thinking that you're not working as hard as i am.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And i look at you and you work 10 hours and i think oh my god you're not efficient because you should be able to do what you do within 8 hours of your work, yeah. Yes. So a lot of different things connected with uh, approaches to time, yeah. That's that's something which opened my mind, but as well, you know, experiencing life itself, yeah. So um understanding the cultural differences in just by living in a place, yeah. Even if you you know, you go to the store, experiencing shopping in Costco, for example, <laughs> comparing to European shops, is something, wow, that's something really big. And people buy in bulks, for example, yeah. So I think that you know teeny tiny things which you can notice only when you live in a certain place. Yeah. I started appreciating it when I was living in UK. Uh, and then I wanted to experience it more with my family. Now my daughter is uh, big enough to travel with us, so I hope it, it's not going to be the last place we're going to relocate as a family because I traveled a lot myself, but as a family is the is the first experience we have here in the United States.
0: So tell me, how did you become interested in remote work in this idea of remotely leading diverse teams? Um,
1: Two things. First, remote work remote work, then diversity, if you, if you let me. So remote work, my second degree was in teaching English as a foreign language. And when I came back after a few years living abroad and as well teaching uh, to Poland, it was, I think, 2005, 2004, something around that, I started up my own business school. And I was very happy. I had a great uh, business idea. I was good at sales. So I had a lot of clients and I had a team of around 14 uh, teachers and somehow uh, I was surprised to see that, despite the fact I paid them really well and I, I always had you know hours for them to, to 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 work, my team somehow wasn't very stable. I have a, a very high turnover in my team, and I was like, oh my god, what's going on? And during and that. It was a clear remote work, yeah, because uh, we didn't have the office. People were traveling to, to, to the client side. So it was the remote cooperation. There were three different cities as well in, in, in Poland. So I remember once complaining to one of my clients that, oh my God, you know, this, it might happen like this, that the, the teacher will change. And we had a very good relationship with this particular person. So I was a little bit more open about that. And he told me, you know, Inga, good business idea is not everything, especially when you have remote Team here, you need to learn about leadership itself, and that was the eye opener for me. I just got hooked into leadership, learning about that, then becoming somehow involved in teaching others around this aspect. And you know, to to, to just shorten the story, I got so interested in working with people that I uh, even did uh, psychotherapy school. So somehow, you know, I got so interested into what's going on between people. But that was my first experience that it, it, we can th- think that if we pay people well and we have a good product, yes, it is so easy to manage them, but, but it's not. And it's even harder in remote teams. So that was my first experience. then much wiser, I got involved with International Coach Federation, ICF. Uh, And I was the uh, vice president of ICF for two terms of Poland. And I was as well involved in the European, Middle East and Africa board group. And that was as well a remote team because you needed to first communicate in Poland with different sites, yes, from different cities. But as well in the second board with different continents even. And I noticed that I learned a lot, but it wasn't enough. Because apart from remote cooperation, there were a lot of problems stemming from the ideas I had about different things, which were not the same from my colleagues from different countries. And that was the other thing which opened my eyes. And I actually put an effort and I learned a lot about diversity and inclusion. I, I try to understand first how people communicate. And of course, I made a few mistakes on the way. First, I thought that if I just you know master the idea of the communication for the particular country, that would be much easier for me.
0: So you give us those two scenarios, but tell us a little bit more about how you came to the realization and the steps you took to make the adjustments.
1: Okay, so first, it wasn't a good idea. I learned about a particular country, just to understand, yeah, that, okay, this is the country, this is the, the idea about the way people communicate in this country, and it wasn't helpful at all, because I just gave them a lot of labels. But then I started to, to first approach the idea of curiosity mindset. Uh, I don't remember when I first learned about it. But the idea was that first be curious. So don't assume anything when you come across the person of a different nationality, of different background, but just be curious what makes them behave the way they behave. And it was somehow correlated with coaching itself, because when you're curious, you ask more questions. Uh, so I focused really deeply on asking meaningful questions to my partners in business and partners in, in my ICF cooperation as well. And then I learned that if I am curious and I ask questions, everything is possible. Yeah, because, you know, it is so visible if you ask questions from, you know, the heart and not from the judgment yeah? So, um, And as well, when I ask questions, it made others to be interested in my motives. So uh, it creates this kind of, I, I don't know how to call it, but the momentum mm-hmm. of curiosity between partners of conversation. Yeah? And that's something I work with leaders on.
0: Momentum of curiosity.
1: Exactly. Momentum of curiosity. Okay. Because it is only possible when we first learn that we have biases so the, the momentum of curiosity, so that it's some kind of flow between people who interact, yes. And now that's what I recommend. I, I don't recommend to have these opinions about certain nationalities of groups, yeah, like women are like this, men are like that, or, you know, co-workers from India are like this, or co-workers from Germany are like this. We, we know it; it is the back of our heads, but still... Generally, you do the business with or you cooperate with other human being, not the, the label, yes? And, and this particular person, even if they are from a different country or different background, they can have their own unique qualities and you are open to these unique qualities only when you're curious and when you ask questions and when you're as well eager to share Um, courageously, of course, to share your own reservations or your own fears on your own anxiety with the other person.
0: Absolutely. Every leader should remain curious, ask good questions, and remain free from judgment. I'm talking with Inga Balinska. She's a professional certified coach with the International Coach Federation, a Forbes contributor, and an international coach. We'll have more with Inga right after this.
2: This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner, the leadership accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach, or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Phil M. Jones, author of Exactly What to Say, exactly how to sell, and exactly where to start. And you're listening to the Keep Leading podcast with Eddie Turner.
0: We're back, everyone. I'm talking to Inga Belinska. She's a professional certified coach with the International Coach Federation and a Forbes contributor. We're talking about leading remote and diverse teams. Inga, if a leader needs to focus on just one thing to improve their skills as a leader, leading remote and diverse teams, what would that be?
1: So from my perspective, this one crucial thing is ability to build psychological safety in team by being curious. What I mean by that is that leader needs to understand that they all full of biases like everybody else. And in order to be able to work with these biases, they need to be curious of others' perspective, others' mindsets, others' fears and anxieties. And only this way, if they stay curious, they can build psychological safety of the whole team, which is very important when you work remotely and with people from different cultures and different backgrounds.
0: Interesting. So be curious. Is there anything else you'd add?
1: You know, this is just like a trampoline, I would say. Yeah, be curious is the, you know, the first jump and then you jump higher and higher because when you're curious, you're good at listening. So that's another thing I would focus on, yeah? Listening skills. How to listen the way that you just, not only focusing on replying, but understanding or even switching the perspective a little bit with your conversationalist. Then that's the first thing, listening skills. Then asking questions. What kind of questions are the ones who will trigger like really deep conversation with others? We know that these are open questions, not yes, no questions, but how, how to build this question that they are not judgmental or they are not leading, but they really open up another person to talk to you truly. Yes. So we have this, you know, trampoline, be curious and then listen, ask question, but as well, if you are Curious, you're in this mode that you learn how to appreciate others, even if they are challenging and difficult for you, because you you do not fully understand them. So, you appreciate everything about that. So, I would as well suggest leaders to educate themselves in the area of appreciation languages, which they can use like spoken appreciation, written appreciation, act of services, help, quality time of people. There are different, different, many different ways. Leaders can show true appreciation to their peers and to their team members. So you know when we start with curiosity, all of these ideas just appear, and there are many different things. I connected as well with language. If you are curious, you don't speak like a victim. Yes, you you don't blame others, or you don't uh, focus too much on external circumstances. If you're curious. You start with yourself and you ask yourself, uh, how can I be a a good leader today? Or what's the learning here for me in this situation? Or how how can I help this person today? So just all of this starts with curiosity mindset. Yes, for me.
0: Well, you've given us a lot there. And just to recap, you said, be curious, listen, ask questions, and educate ourselves in appreciation languages. Mm -hmm. Do you have a resource? For leaders who want to take these actions you've recommended, but don't know where to start.
1: Okay, so I can just share with your uh, listeners one of the longest articles I wrote about the kinds of non-listeners and remedies to start listen. And it's written both in Polish and in English, so I can share it uh, with your audience. And th- this is a very precise tool to to first look what triggers me not to listen to others first of all and then what uh, what what I can do about that yes what behaviors what actions can I take in order to truly listen to others so that's one tool I can I can share from me but as well uh, in terms of languages of appreciation there is a concept of five love languages in couples and it is very easily to be switched Workplace, yes. The language even I used: act of service, quality time, uh, spoken appreciation, written appreciation. It's taken from that concept. So that's something um, your listeners can can go to as well. Yes, five love languages. That's something which I I think can be very inspiring tool for leaders.
0: Thank you for sharing those resources. Uh, we appreciate that. That will go a long way to helping listeners to take the steps that you have recommended and having something to reference. And I like the fact you've got a copy in English and in Polish for my Polish listeners. How would you summarize our conversation today, Inga?
1: The first thing is just be curious, yeah? That's the best summary for that. But there is something which I would like to take out of our conversation and highlight even because it might not be so visible as I wanted it to be, which is very important. I started to talk about it. Victim versus proactive player language. I think that most of leaders who I work with have a very strong uh, belief that, uh, you know, that being a leader requires some certain things from the outside world, like he, having a good team members or perfect business circumstances. But, you know, authentic and true leadership thrives in hard times the same as it thrives in easy times. And um, I think that now it's more important than before to remember that only a proactive player language in leaders, so not blaming external circumstances can help you to be authentic and good leaders. So instead of complaining, ask yourself, what would be the best version of my leadership today?
0: I like that, yes, don't be a victim. What is the best version of my leadership today? So becoming a person who's taking action. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And this is the Keep Leading Podcast. And on the Keep Leading Podcast, we like to share with leaders, in addition to the great content you just shared with us in this interview, a tip or a piece of advice you've received that you can share uh, with our leaders.
1: This is actually a quote from great American poet, Walt Whitman, uh, which I've been very fond of for many, many years. Be curious, not judgmental. And that's something that's, I would say, even a motto of my work with with leaders and with team members all over the world. Be Be curious. Be curious,
0: not judgmental. I like that. Now, Inga, I have listeners all over the world, and I have a lot of listeners there in Poland. Could I ask you to do me a big favor? Of course. Would you give that quote to my friends, my listeners in Poland?
1: Mm. Um, I hope that I don't, uh, you know, damage some nice uh, translation because Walt Whitman was translated into Polish. Uh, uh, I tried to do my own translation. Bądź ciekawy, nie oceniaj.
0: Excellent. Now, can you also tell them to keep listening and keep leading?
1: Słuchaj. Mm. Bonjour, przywódcą.
0: excellent. <laughs> I so love you it. Trust
1: me that I translated it well.
0: <laughs> I have to take your word for it that you said that. <laughs> I if promise. I if I get emails and letters or tweets, then I'll let I'll come back to you. But I am that that's what you said.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I did my best. Yes. I did my best. Well,
0: I really have enjoyed talking to you today, Inga. Where can my listeners learn more about
1: you? I welcome your listeners to my LinkedIn profile. I'm pretty active at LinkedIn and this is the way I connect with my peers, other coaches, other trainers and consultants as well as my clients all over the world. Other place they can find me is my website, but all of the the details are actually available through my LinkedIn profile. So if you get there, just press the personal info and you've got all phone number and and website and and so on. So everything what I write whenever on Forbes or whatever magazine, I uh, somehow put it uh, on my LinkedIn profile. So Excellent.
0: Well, I'm going to put all that in the show notes. I want everybody to know to reach out to you, get to know you, follow your work. You're doing a fascinating work out there. And I want you to keep leading the way you've been leading.
1: No, thank you. It was a really pleasure talking to you, Eddie, as well. And
0: thank you for listening. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So, whatever you're doing, always keep leading.
2: Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com.
0: Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.